So first of all, obviously, a big thank you to my wife for hosting, the wine for hosting, but uh, for, I say this half-jokingly, but half-seriously also, because obviously, first of all, we just hosted about 10, 10 15 people for Shabbos, and just coming off of a Shabbos and getting close to a Shavuos, but also just the fact that my wife's constantly looking out and trying to figure out and trying to encourage more events for the women, both in Tallymore and in Morty Stiebel. So obviously, the big, big, uh, the big thank you for, for encouraging me to do this, encouraging, uh, making this all happen. So we're here to talk about Shavuos and to talk about the preparation for Shavuos. And when it comes to women and Shavuos, there's a little bit of a disconnect many times between, okay, what's, what's my role when it comes to Shavuos? A man, it's very easy to understand what the role of Shavuos is. A man stays up the whole night, he learns. It's clear, it's Kabbalah Satayra. A man spends time learning, whether it's full-time learning, whether it's learning for an hour in the morning, an hour at night, a half hour. But a man understands that his role and his connection to Torah is very clear. His role, to, his role and connection to Matan Torah is very clear, it's very simple, it's very obvious what the man's connection to, to Matan Torah is. When it comes to the woman, it's a little bit more complicating how they connect to Yantif. So Sukkis, Pesach, other Yom Tov, it's a little bit easier. I think Shavuos is probably out of all the Yom Tov, the most challenging for a woman to figure out what, what's my role. I don't stay up the whole night. I don't, uh, you know, obviously I make the food, I make the cheesecake, it's nice, I'm involved in the meals, but what, how do I connect to the Yantif? What does the Yantif mean to me as a woman? What does Ma'an Torah mean to me as a woman? What is the fact that we are Makabal Torah? Kuala Yisrael received the Torah over 3,000 years ago. What does that mean to me as, an, as, as a woman? And I think that's really the question I want to focus on. And maybe we'll just preface by saying that the classic way of answering this question is Nashim Amai Kazachi. This is the way the Gemara explains that a woman is Zeicha through encouraging a husband, through encouraging a husband to learn. Whereas Lashin is not even encouraging her husband, but really appreciating her husband's learning, thanking her husband for, you know, waiting, waiting eagerly when her husband's coming home to learn, showing that it's important to her. And that's obviously, I think, but the classic way of, you know, understanding what a woman's connection to Kabbalah Satayra is, is through her husband. The woman's dear, and it's important, and she's meant to encourage her husband and to appreciate her husband's learning. And it's difficult, especially when a husband's learning, a husband's working throughout the day and he comes home and he has a limited amount of time with the family and for husband to then go out either early morning and not be home to help with the kids or late at night when it's night seder, those are obviously all difficult things and it's the woman who, encar- who has the ability to encourage her husband to say, okay, this is important to me, it's important to the family and it's important to the future of our children. And that, that's, I think, probably the most typical route to be able to go to figure out what's a woman's role in Matan Torah, especially when you're talking to you know, married women, the role is you're there to encourage to be a partner with your husband in the learning that he, that he does, and in that way, encourage the learning which takes place in the home. And I think that that's the most, probably, probably the most typical shmooze that's given to women prior to Matan Torah, prior to Shavuos, is you're there to encourage, to be a cheerleader you know, with your husband, to tell him that it's important, it's important to, important to you, that he learns, etc. I think that's probably the typical way. But I wanna, I wanna perhaps shift away from that and focus on something a drop different, drop different and a drop of a different fashion and focus on what a woman's role is specifically unrelated to her husband. And obviously there's an important aspect of encouraging the husband. I want to talk about unrelated to the husband, unrelated to any connection to anything else. What's a woman as an individual? What's her role and what's her connection to Mount And how is it unique and different from a man's connection? Obviously there's a difference. The men are Makabotara, the women are Makabotara. Obviously there's a difference in everything. There's always going to be a difference between male and female. What difference is there in a woman's Kabbalah Satayra than there is in a man's Kabbalah Satayra? Right, even if you look, right, one of the things that we do, the Minig Bratan read in the Rishayim, that we read Megillus Rus on, on Shavuos. The whole story of Megillus Rus is a woman who was an independent woman, a woman who by herself was able to, was able to recognize and uncover what Yiddishkeit was all about. Her husband didn't do it for her, father-in-law didn't do it for her, although they were the ones that should have been the most capable. She came from, she married into a family of 
people that were really the greatest, you know, the greatest people in Kuala you saw at the time before they moved away. She had the ability, and that wasn't, there wasn't Rus's entryway into Torah. There wasn't Rus's entryway into being a Jew, into that world of Yiddishkeit. She did it on her own. She discovered it on her own. There was something, and perhaps we'll talk about what specifically Rus did, but there was something that Rus uncovered. There was something that every woman is supposed to uncover, which is unique for the woman to be able to figure out, okay, what is my role? How am I supposed to come to these days of Kabbalah Satayra? So I, I really spoke about this idea on Shabbos by Shal Shuddis, and I spoke about it to the men, but it's, we'll see, hopefully we'll be able to explain that this idea is really much more relevant, if anything, to the woman than the man, and these two aspects of Kabbalah Satara, one's more for the male and one's more for the female, and hopefully we'll be able to understand the idea very, very, in a very abstract idea first, and then to try to bring it down to two practical, two practical points that I think it's important for us to understand. When, he, when you look at the Gemara, the Gemara in Shabbos, when it discusses Kabbalah Satera, the Gemara talks about two events that took place by Kabbalah Satera. The first one, which is really the crowning moment of Kalal Yisrael, the, the, you know, the glory of, of what Kalal Yisrael did, when Kalal Yisrael said, Nasev and Ishma, Kalal Yisrael came, the Rabban Shalom offered them the Torah, the same way he offered it to every other nation. Every other nation said, Maksev Bey, what does it say in there? Tell me, does it talk to me? Is it gonna sit well with my psyche? Is it gonna sit well with what I'm interested in? And when, once the Rabban Shalom revealed what it said in the Torah, the nation said, we're not interested. It's not something that we want. It goes too much against our nature. We don't want it. When the Rabbanishim came to Kalal Yisrael, Kalal Yisrael didn't say, Maksiv Bey. didn't say, what's written in it? Is it going to work for us? Are we interested in this? Tell us what it says and then we'll decide. Kalal Yisrael said, Nasa Vanishma, Rabbanishim, we're willing to do regardless of what, what you're going to tell us to do, regardless of how much we understand it. Nishma doesn't just mean to hear it, but it means regardless of whether we understand it or don't understand it, we are in 100%, we're in full force, we are willing to be makabal the Torah. And that was the greatest, probably the greatest moment in Kalal Yisrael's history when Kalal Yisrael said, Nasa Vanishma, we're in 100%, no, no strings attached, it doesn't make a difference what it says, we are interested in being makabal the Torah. So much so that the Gemara says, when the Rabbanisham heard Kalal Yisrael say, Nasa Vanishma, he said, Mi gila who told, who gave over the secret to my children, this is the secret that the Malachim do. Malachim are involved in a world of Nasvanish. Malachim don't ask. When the Rabbanishim tells a Malach to do something, it could be the opposite of whatever the Malach's nature is. A Malach goes ahead and does exactly what the Rabbanishim does. When, the, when Klal Yisrael said Nasvanish, the Rabbanishim said, how did they know? How were they able to get to the level of Malachim that they were able to also say Nasvanishma to become totally subservient to Hashem without any interest on their own, without any questions without any trying to figure out if it's going to work for them. That was the one moment that took place in Kalah Yisrael's history where they said, Nasim and Ishmael said, we're in 100%. At the same time, we all know that by Ma'antar, the same Ma'antar, where Kalah Yisrael said, Nasim and Ishmael, picks up the mountain, Har Sinai, over the head, Kafa Lehem Har Kigigis, says, you have a choice. If you want to be Makabalah Torah, Motiv, great. Ve'imlav, and if you don't want to be Makabalah, Shom take for Aschem. I'm going to put the mountain down on top of you. And this means literally or figuratively, but the mountain is going to be put down on top of you. Shom take for Aschem. This is going to be the end, not just of Klal Yisrael, but this is going to be the end of the world. If Klal Yisrael is not Makabalah Torah, the world was created for the Torah. We waited, you know, the world waited 2,000 years for Klal Yisrael to be Makabalah Torah. If Klal Yisrael is not going to accept the Torah, there's no purpose in the world. Klal Yisrael as a nation will cease to exist, and ultimately the whole world will cease to exist. And Taisus and, and the Gemara and Shabbos has a very, very simple question. Klaisol, there was no questions. Klaisol didn't, didn't hesitate for a second. They said, Nasev and Ishma, we're interested. Why in the world would the Rebbe then take a mountain and hold it over the head and say, you need to do it, and if you don't do it, you're gonna die. We, we agreed. We said we're interested. You don't need to force us. You don't need to threaten us with the mountain overhead. You don't need to tell us we're gonna die if we're not Makabal Torah. We are interested in being Makabal Torah. We said, Nasev and Ishma. What purpose was there? What, what necessity was there for the Rebbe then take the mountain, hold it overhead and say, you need to be Makabal and if not, 
Shum take for us. That's the question Taisus already asked in Shabbos. Many, many of the Rishonim, the Achreinim, leaders from all deal with the same question. What in the world was the second part of Matan Torah doing? The first part, Nasev and Ishma, we get, we understand. It's simple, it makes sense. That's the beauty of Kuala Yisrael, that we want to become the Rabbani Shem's children without any questions. But what's the Kafalei Mark Gigas? Why is the Hashem holding the mountain over and forcing us to do that? There are those that say, and really it's, it has to do with Tarishavah Ksav, Tarishavah Peh. There's many, many Turats in. But one of the Turats brought down in this farm, Rabbi Tzadik really talks about this, and Sitka Tzadik. Not, a, not in reference to Matan Torah, but in reference to something else, which we'll talk about in a moment. What, one of the answers given is that there are two aspects of Kabbalah Satara. There's two parts when a person's Makabal Torah. When Kalah Yisrael is Makabal Torah then, and when we are, we, we are re-Makabal Torah every single year. One aspect is called Nasa Vanishma. Nasa Vanishma means we will do, the word Nasa means we will do, as the Rabbanisham wants us to wants us to do, regardless of whether we understand it, regardless of whether we feel it, regardless of whether it makes sense to us, we are willing to be involved in the world of action and doing everything Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to keep Shabbos, we'll keep Shabbos. He wants to keep Shemitah, we'll keep Shemitah. He wants to put on tefillin, we'll put on tefillin. Learn whatever the Rabbanisham wants us to do, regardless of how much it makes sense to us as humans, we're willing to accept it. That's Nasa Vanishma, which means in the world of action, we're totally subservient to Hashem. We are giving ourselves over to Hashem and doing whatever the Rabbanishim wants to do. But that's all in the world of action. That's the first step, but that's the most external part of Kabbalah Satira. In the world of action, we're gonna follow all 613. We're not gonna do anything we shouldn't do. We're gonna do everything we should do. But that's external. What took place when the Rabbanishim did Kafalim Harkigigis was something much deeper than that. Rabbanishim said, okay, I got it. You're interested in doing everything you need to do. But the Rabbanishim said, I want something much more then just you're gonna follow all the rules that are set out, set out in, what, in, in, the, in what you need to be doing. I want that there should be a relationship which is premious, a relationship which is an internal relationship which goes beyond actions, right? You, you can have a couple, a husband and a wife, where the husband or the wife is doing everything that they need to do. They follow the book to, to a T. Everything is exactly the way they need to do. They, miss, they don't miss any anniversaries, any birthdays. They take out the garbage. Everything's exactly what they're supposed to do. But if there's nothing else to the relationship other than just the asiya, just the action, it's not enough. The said, okay, I get it. You're interested in following the book. You're interested in following the rules. You're interested in doing what you need to do in the world of external, in the world of actions. But the Rosh said, for real Kabbalah Satoira, to really be connected to me, there needs to be something much deeper than that. There needs to be an internal connection, which is, we'll call it the subconscious of, of a yid. The conscious of a yid is nasa v'nishma. Nasa v'nishma is we will do. Consciously, we'll make every, act, every, every attempt and every effort that we can do to do exactly as Hashem says and not to do what He says, tells us not to do. Kafa leim har kegigis. When the Hashem held the mountain over our head, He said, okay, I got that. I appreciate that. It's amazing. This is what the Malachim do. But the purpose of being a human being and the purpose of Kabbalah Satayra is to take it one step further. It's to say, okay, we got the external, now we want the internal. Now we want to make sure that the, the inner psyche of a Jew, that the subconscious of a Jew is totally subservient to Hashem. Not just in what we're doing, but the, but the, sub, the subconscious, who we are, our essence, our core, is also a yid, is also connected to Hashem. And in order to do that, there needed to be a second part of Kabbalah Satayra, which is called Kafalei Marke Gigas. Hashem holds the mountain over our head and says, okay, I got the actions, I got the conscious, now's the subconscious. Now's the part where your core, your essence is gonna be connected. And that part can come by choice. Because if it comes by choice, that means it has to do with conscious. Anything that's made by choice, where Kalei makes a choice and says, Nasa Vanishma, as great as that was, that's only in the world of conscious. That's only in the world of action, the world of doing, in making sure that we follow every assay and don't, and don't do any lice assay. Vanishma said, but in the subconscious, it's beyond choice. The subconscious needs to be something that's 
that's chakak, that's engraved into the heart of every yid, the soul of every yid, that we are connected to Hashem. We have a deep relationship with Hashem, regardless of our actions, deeper than our actions, above and beyond any actions we do or don't do, there's something deep inside of a yid which connects him to Hashem. That's kaf aleim harkigigis. The Rambam very famously writes, when it comes to, when it comes to the parsha of Gerishin, Rambam writes this somewhere else as well, but the Rambam writes when it comes to a get, that there's a concept of, of a woman giving a get which is against her will. A man, I'm sorry, a man giving a get which is against his will. And the Rambam says what they do to the man if he doesn't want to give the get is they can force him to give the get. Ask the Rambam the very obvious question. You can't give a get without, without choice. If he's being forced to give the get, if he's being forced to divorce the wife and there's no desire to divorce her, so then, then the divorce doesn't work. The get doesn't work. Zuck the Rambam. How does this concept of kaif and isai, you hit him until he says, okay, I'll do it. How does that make sense? The Rambam says very simple. The innermost, the core of what a Jew wants to do, what every Jew wants to do, is whatever Hashem wants to do. Nevertheless, sometimes the conscious gets in the way of the subconscious. Sometimes externally, we don't realize that what we really want to do is what Hashem wants us, wants us to do. So there are many things that get in the way. The Rambam says that at times, Bezdin will take the person and say, okay, let's get rid of the conscious. Let's, make, let's get to your core. Let's get to who you really are and what you really want, what your innermost essence is. Kaifen, I say, we, we beat the guy, this is literally, but this, this doesn't just mean literally in that scenario. In every scenario in which we're trying to get to the core, to get to our, our subconscious, Kaifen, I say, we push away everything that's based on choice and we get to the core, to the essence, to who we really are at the root, which is also connected to Hashem. Kaifen, I say, actually, to uncover, to discover who we are at our core, who we are at our essence. And therefore, the first part of Kabbalah Satayra is Nasev Anishma, will do. Mershim says, okay, that's, that's level one, that's external. Now the Rosh says, now we're going to take it one step further. Now, now he holds the mountain over our heads and says, I want you to be macabre something that goes deep into your subconscious, into who you are at your core, beyond action. Rabbi Tzaddik writes, and Tzaddik, that that's why I find a very odd thing. We find that we need to be makabal Omach HaShemayim. We need to say Shema Yisrael HaShem Lekein HaShemacha twice a day. Once in the morning and once at night. Salacha, B'Shach B'Chav, Kamecha. We need to say Kriya Shema twice a day. Ask Rabbi Tzaddik, what's the point? Why can't we say Kriya Shema once in the morning? Kriya Shema basically, what, what it means at its core is we are Makabal Omal HaShemayim. We're saying Shema Yisrael HaShem Lekein HaShemachad. We're willing to do whatever the Rabbi Hashem wants. Ask Rabbi Tzaddik, let us do that once in the morning and that will carry us over throughout the day. Right, we find this, for example, by Birch A person makes a Birch in the morning, he doesn't need to make a new Birch at night, even if he continues learning Pashkia. One Birch they make in the morning, lasts throughout the day, and it lasts at night. Asr Tzadik, Shema should be the same way. Either make it once at night, because in Halacha, the night is the beginning of the day, or make it once in the morning, when you wake up. The first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you dab and you say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad, I'm becoming totally subservient, I'm a Kabul Omal Hashemayim, and that should be enough to last even once the sun sets, even once it becomes night, that should be enough. Why is there a necessity to do it twice a day? Once in the morning and once in the night. And obviously, it's very obvious that if Chazal are telling us, if the Pasuk is telling us that we need to repeat something, there's obviously some difference that takes place between the first time and the second time. We're not just repeating something twice a day just for the sake of repeating. There's something different which takes place. Ask yourself, like, what's the difference between the first Kabbalah's Omal HaShemayim, between Shema Yisrael HaShem Lekeinu HaShem in the morning, and Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, which takes place at night. Zakar Tzadik, very, very simple. If you, look at the, if you look at the Pasuk, which requires us to say Kriya Shema twice, doesn't say that you have to say it once Babaykar and once Ba'erev. Once in the morning and once at the evening. It's not what it says. It says, B'Shach B'cha U'Bekumecha, when you're lying down and when you get up, when you're sleeping and when you're awake. Says Reb Tzadik, there's two types of, there's two ways that a person could be makabal Omar Hashemayim. That a person could say, I want to make myself totally subservient to Hashem. One way is in a way when I'm awake. 
which means the action. It's the world of the action, the conscious. Every morning when we wake up, we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Achad, Hashem, we are going to ensure that our actions throughout the day are gonna be as much as possible in line with what you want us to, what you want us to do. We're gonna make sure we do what you want us to do and don't do what you don't want us to do. That's what the Kabbalah's Omach Hashem, the Shema that we make, Bikumechel, when we get up, we say, Rabbi Hashem, we, our actions are totally subservient to you. Says Rabbi Tzaddik, what do we do at night? When we lay down at night and we say that Shema before going to sleep, we're saying something much deeper than that. We're saying, okay, in the morning, during the day, when we were involved in action, we were makabah omach hashemayim. Then we lay down. And we say, Rabbi Hashem, we want to get much deeper than this. We want a relationship which is in the subconscious, we're also connected to you. It's deeper than just action. We're lying down, nothing's taking place at night, right? Especially in the times of Chazal, the sun would set and everybody would stop working. People would go to sleep. It says of Tzadik, you have to say Shema before you go to sleep because the Shema before you go to sleep means that I am a Kabbal Omach Hashemayim even when I'm not doing anything. And obviously this doesn't just mean when we're sleeping. This means that the, the, the way Rav Tzadik says it, it's that the subconscious of who we are is also connected to Hashem. This is the conscious. We want to make sure our actions are aligned with Hashem, but we want something deeper than that also. We want to make sure that who we are at our core, our essence, even when we're not doing actions, even when we're in that place where there's no action taking place, we at our core are also connected to that world of Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Achad. And therefore we say Shema once in the morning when we get up, and once at night when we lie down, to say that we want those two, two aspects of Kabbalah's Omach Hashem. One is Nasa Nishma. we want to make sure that we're following every, every law in the book, you know, we're checking, all, we're checking all the boxes, we want something more than that. We want a relationship which goes beyond choice, beyond, beyond anything which has, sub, which has conscious, the world of the subconscious, to be able to say we also want to be connected to Hashem. And those are the two parts that take place by Kabbalah's Atayra. There's the Nasa Nishma, and then there's Kafalem HaKagigas. When, when, we, when we talk about the difference between the male and female aspect of being makabal omach hashemayim and makabal the Torah, I think it really, it, it really can be separated into these two actions. Obviously, each one of us has both aspects, and the men and the women were both there, and they both said nasa v'nishma, and they both had kafalim harkigigas. But really, at its core, one of the big differences that takes place between a woman's kabbalah satayra and a man's kabbalah satayra is it nasa v'nishma, or is it kafalim harkigigas? When the men are makabal Torah, the men are makabal nasa v'nishma. That's the, that's the essence. That's what a man has to do. If a man wakes up in the morning and doesn't put on tefillin, he's kakafted lemanach tefillin. He's missing out on something integral. Every morning, a man has to put on tefillin. He has to learn every day. He has to daven three times a day. A man has things inv- that are involved in the world of action. The mitzvah said he needs to do. He needs to shake a little of an He needs to sleep in a sukkah. He needs to eat in a sukkah. He needs to eat matzah and, and mar. Those are to, for women as well. But most mitzvahs, mitzvah seisha is man grama, and most of the mitzvahs that a man involved in throughout the day are involved in the world of action. Now, of course, there are parts of a man also that are also subconscious. There's a Havas Hashem, Yiris Hashem, this, this connection which we're talking about, which is deeper. But at its core, what a man's busy with most of the time is the world of action, the world of conscious, making sure that he's checking all the boxes, making sure that he needs to do everything that Rabban Hashem told him to do. Now, obviously, there's, there's a difficulty, there's a challenge with that because you can get so caught up in doing the actions that you forget about the relationship. Right, again, back to the muscle that we gave before of a husband and wife. Okay, you're doing all the actions, but have you ever stopped to make sure that you're taking, you know, taking a, a, a more of a macro picture of, of the forest? Or are you just focusing on the trees? I'm doing, doing, doing every, every action right without recognizing the greater, the greater aspect of what the relationship's supposed to be made up of. It's not just following all, you know, checking all the boxes. There's also the panemius. There's also the deep relationship, which is in the subconscious, which every man needs to have. And therefore, the man's main avoid, what the man's mostly involved in, is nasa v'nishma, is doing what the Rabbanisham wants him to do, 
making sure he follows all the mitzvahs say and doesn't do any mitzvahs loisa say. Now he has a challenge because he also, at the same time, needs to be involved in, needs to be involved in the panemius. And that's part of what a man's, you know, man's challenge is, is you can go and run and run and run the treadmill and do everything you need to be doing and just following every, every law. But if you forgot that there's a relationship, if you forgot the fact that davening three times a day is not just checking the boxes, it's also creating a deep, meaningful relationship with Hashem. So then you're missing out. Then you're doing the right things, but you're missing out on the panemius. When it comes to a woman, a woman has the opposite, really the opposite problem. A woman's main avoida is not nasav anishma. Women have way less mitzvahs that they need to be involved in than a man. It's not nasav anishma. They don't need to be invo- involved as much in the world of conscious. A woman's avoida is not conscious. A woman's main avoida is the world of subconscious. Is the world of kafalei markegigit is that the core and the essence of who a woman is is connected to Hashem. And therefore, on the one hand, there's a tremendous advantage. A woman has that panemius, that connection to the Rabbanishlam because a woman understands this is part of, you know, in the build of her relationships as well. A woman understands that that's what a relationship is made of. It's made of not just doing actions. It's made up of a core. It's made up of an essence. It's made up of something deeper than just the doing, the doing, the yes, doing yeses and not, and not doing no's. It's made up of something which is the core, which is the panemius, which is at the essence, the etzim of, of what the relationship is. And therefore, a woman is naturally has that world of kafalei markegigis. She doesn't need to be told that you need to have a deep, meaningful relationship with Hashem. She knows that. That's part of who she is. A, na- a woman, a basi sural, normal automatically has that. That's part of her psyche is that she has that world of kafalei markegigis. And that's a tremendous advantage. She doesn't have to deal with that same challenge of, okay, you know, how do I make sure that I'm not just doing actions and forgetting about the fact that there's supposed to be a relationship? How do I make sure I don't just say the words of davening and wrap my fill and, and shake wool of an esrog and forget about the fact that this has meaning to it. This has deep meaning to it. And there's something more underneath the surface. And that's the advantage that a woman has. At the same time, there's also a disadvantage. There's a challenge which comes with that as well. Okay, so you have the ability to be connected on a deep level. But if you're not doing something throughout the day, if there's no actions which are being taken place, taking place throughout the day, then you can forget about that. And you can say, okay, a man every day, a man has the ability to go to shul three times a day. And he learns every day. And he's involved automatically by osmosis. He's involved in things of Torah and Avayda. That, that's just part of who he is. If you're a man and you're part of it, whether it's for social reasons, whether it's for spiritual reasons, whether it's because that's what people are doing, a man is automatically around people that are involved in Torah and mitzvahs. He's davening, he's learning, he's involved in actions. And therefore, all he needs to do is make sure that those actions that he's doing are plugged in. A woman doesn't have to be plugged in. A woman is automatically plugged in. All a woman needs to do is to make sure that she doesn't forget about the fact that she's plugged in. She doesn't forget about the fact that subconsciously, she has a deep, meaningful relationship with Hashem. You know, my wife, my wife was talking to me about, you know, that, that, that many times a woman who's, especially many years, you know, post-seminary and post, you know, a typical structure of, you know, a, a, of a yeshiva, of, you know, of some, sort of, uh, of some sort of seminary or high school, of some sort of structure of real spiritual growth where it's, you know, in a structure can feel like they're disconnected. They don't have anything. Well, you know, what's for them? They don't go to shul. They're busy with the kids. They don't go to davening. How many shurim do they go to? You know, how often they're listening to shurim, they feel disconnected. They feel like there's... There's something not there. So they come into a yantif and okay, it's Shavuos and it's Pesach and we're cooking and we're cleaning and we're just involved in actions, but you know, are, are, are we connected to the yantif? And part of what a woman has to realize is that she's automatically connected. There, there's no need for the action. That's the mile of a woman is that she doesn't have to be involved in the world of Nasa and Ishma. She's involved in the world of Kafalei Markegik. It's that world of the subconscious relationship which is deeper and goes beyond the action. So man does action to try to remind him about, about what's taking place subconsciously and a woman is naturally subconsciously connected to Hashem. The only avoid a woman needs to do is to, okay, figure out how do I make sure that I don't forget about that? How do I make sure that I don't forget for a second that that my core, my essence, who I am as a person is automatically connected to Hashem. And therefore a woman needs to just uncover, 
uncover the fact that she's already connected to Hashem. That's, the, that's a woman's role. So when we talk about a woman connecting to Matan Torah, she's connected in a much deeper way in a way than a man. A man's involved and a man needs to stay up the whole night learning and a man needs to be involved in mitzvahs and a man needs to do all those things and davening and rus and akdamas. A man's involved in all the actions to remind him that wait a second, you have to remember that you have a relationship with Hashem. A woman, that's her core, that's her essence. She's connected. Now the challenge is, again, she has to do things to make sure that she doesn't forget that. That's who she is at her core. But all the woman needs to do is just do things to remind herself of the fact that she at her core, she at her essence is connected to Hashem. There's no need to, to become reconnected. There's no need to plug yourself in. Naturally, every, every Jewish woman, naturally every woman who has an Hashem is automatically connected to Hashem. That, that's the essence of who a woman is. And therefore they're less involved in actions, but at the same time, at their core, they're much more involved. And I think that that's the avodah when, when it comes to Kabbalah Satara. When it comes to Matan Torah for a woman, the, the, the role is to just try to figure out how do we become conscious of the fact that we are subconsciously already connected to Hashem. What can we do externally to remind us of what's taking place internally? A man's doing the things externally and needs to be reminded about the internal connection. A woman has the opposite. A woman's connected internally and just needs to do small things to remind herself throughout the day or throughout the week that I'm connected internally as well. That that's who I am. And for every woman, it looks different. For every woman, it looks different. You know, I, I, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, with my mother davening shachras mincha not my but chakras and mincha and davening. Well, that doesn't work for every woman. That's not meant for it to be for every woman. Some women do connect to davening more in a typical sense from a siddur. Some women connect more to talking to Hashem in their own personal words. Some women connect to listening to shiurim. Some women connect to reading books. Some women connect to setting up chavruses with other women and learning out of a sefer. Some women connect to doing it with their husband. But there needs to just be a small effort to remind themselves of the fact that they're subconsciously connected. And they're really already plugged in. They just need to you know, press the button to turn it on. They're connected already, they're plugged in just to remind themselves externally that subconsciously they're already connected. And that's what a woman needs to do when it comes to Kabbalah is to recognize that she was there. It wasn't just, a, it's not just a yanta for men. The main part of Kabbalah wasn't even so much about, okay, learn Torah. Right, they had learning Torah before, before Matan Torah. Before Kabbalah Satara, there was Shem and Aver and Avram Avinu and Yitzhak and Yaakov, they were all learning Torah. The real thing that took place in Matan Torah was this relationship with Hashem. The fact that we had a chasana, B'yem chasana is Zuma and Torah, the fact that there was a chasana that takes place. So the men, are, the men are involved in the external, the actions, and the woman's involved in the subconscious, the deeper part of the relationship. And each one need to learn from each other. The men need to learn from the woman about what a subconscious, deep, meaningful relationship looks like, and the, man needs, and the woman needs to learn from the man. Okay, how do I make sure that externally I'm doing things to remind myself of the fact that I'm connected. And that's, I think, the first, the first nakuda, the first point that I think is important to, to recognize when it comes to Matan Torah is that a woman is be'etzim connected, her essence is connected, her core is connected, her subconscious is connected. All she needs to do is to remind herself of that in small ways throughout the day, throughout the week, to just remember, I am connected. I am a yid and be'etzim. I am connected to the Rabbanishim in a very deep and meaningful way. In a way, which is in a way which is subconscious. The second part of it, which is connected to the first thing, obviously, but just to take it a little bit of a different spin. Because tonight's already Erevish Chedesh Sivan, which is a day which is very very mesugal to daven for children. It feels ashla, but in general, it's a day which is a day which is Meshabur brings down that every day parents should be davening for their children, especially to be matzliach in, in, in all areas, but especially in learning and and being matzliach in, in school. But specifically, Erevish Chedesh Sivan is a day which is mesugal from the shla already to daven for our children. And when it comes to the chinuch of our children, there's also two roles. We spoke about this a little bit before Pesach, but there's also two roles. There's the man's role and there's the woman's role. The man's role of what the man needs to do in Chinuch is conscious. The man needs to make sure that the kids are learning and the kids are davening, and the kids are doing their homework and the kids are involved in the conscious aspect 
of what they need to be doing. The man's involved in making sure the kid's putting out tzitzis and learning, and, and the father learns with the kid and says, you know, the man's involved in the conscious. What's the woman's role in chinuch? Something much deeper than that, right? When we talk about, when Chazal spoke about a woman as a bina yaseira, bina yaseira means something that's, it, it, it can't be explained, it's not conscious. A woman has a, you know, a sort of fifth sense, a sixth sense to be able to say, there's something in the subconscious. Not just in the conscious, okay, making sure that my child's doing right and wrong. A woman has a sixth sense to be able to say, I, I know really what my child needs best. I know what the most important thing is. Right? You look at the Avais, you start from Avram Avinu, and you go all the way down to the, from the Avais, all the way down to Ma'an Teirah, and you see that it's always the women who are able to pick up on the finer and the finer things that are taking place with their children. You have Avram and Sarah. Avram and Sarah have Yishmael in the house. Sarah says right away, <laughs> Does it? We can't have Yishmael in the house. Yishmael is being a bad influence on Yitzchak. We can't have Yishmael. Sarah is the one that says, we have to kick Yishmael out of the house. Not Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu had no problem with Yishmael. Avram Avinu was happy to keep him in. Sarah says, I agree. Maybe, maybe consciously, it doesn't look like there's anything wrong, but Sarah has the ability to say subconsciously that there's something not good about Yishmael. There's something raw about him. There's something evil about him. And therefore, in order to protect Yitzchak, we have to make sure that Yishmael is not there. Yitzchak and Rivka, same thing happens. There's Esav and Yaakov. Yitzhak says, Yitzhak loves Esav. He has no problem with Esav. He loves Esav. He's the one that he's connected to. What does Rivka say? It, it's not true. I, Yitzhak says, what do you mean? I, I learned with him. He seems like he's a good kid. He seems like everything's fine. Everything's going well with Esav. What, what do you have against Esav? Rivka says, there's something subconsciously. I'm able to sense with that being Yaseira that subconsciously there's something that's, that's not right about Esav. Y- Yaakov Avinu is the right person. He's the right child. He's the one who's going to carry on our legacy. It's not going to be Esav. It's not going to be Esav. Rachel and Leah, it's the same thing. Who's the one that steals the truffle, that steals the Avaydazar from Lavan? It's Rachel, not Yaakov Avinu. Rachel is the one that, again, goes ahead and says, we have to take away the Avaydazar from Lavan. We have to make sure that his house is totally clean out of Avaydazar. It's the women that are getting up and saying, okay, maybe in the world of conscious, everything t- everything's right. The woman's able to say, I need to give over to my children the subconscious of what's taking place. By, by the Egel Azov, right after Mount Tyre, the same thing happens. The men come along and the men say, with proper cheshbainus, or what they thought was proper cheshbain, what they thought was the right move to make, we need to make an egel azav, we need to create an avayda zara. The woman said, it's not happening. The man said, what do you mean? But it makes sense, my shabainu's not here, Aaron even involved, and the woman said, we're not doing it. And they said, why not? Everything, everything lines up, in the book, everything checks. The men came with smart cheshbainus, they weren't stam running after avayda zara. They knew what they were doing, they, they thought, they, the Yetzirah convinced them that this is the right thing. They couldn't convince the woman. Woman said, I hear what you're saying makes sense logically in the world of conscious, in the world of Nasev and Ishma makes sense, in the subconscious it's not right. And the woman said, we have no, we're taking no part in this world of, of the Egel Azov, and therefore the women are much more connected to the world of, the world of Matan Torah than a man is because the men right away were involved in Egel Azov, which disconnected them. The woman said, with my sixth sense, I see that there's something, there's subconsciously something that's not right about it. Something, something just not good. Right? You find even by, even by, by Rus and Arpa, Rus was able to say, you know, Nami says goodbye to Rus and Arpa, and Rus says, I'm not going anywhere. And Arpa says, okay, if you're saying goodbye, you're telling me to go back, you're telling me I shouldn't come with you, you know, I'm going to go back. And Arpa turns back and eventually heads back, and her children end up, her grandchildren end up coming to fight with Kal Yisrael. And Rus says, I, I hear the words that you're saying. You're telling me to go back, you're telling me I shouldn't come with you, you're telling me it's better to just remain as, you know, a princess rather than coming to join the Jewish nation and becoming a Gagaris. But Rus says, I'm able to sense that there's something there in the subconscious that I want. Consciously, what you're saying makes sense. Why in the world would a princess leave her family, leave everything, leave the fame and the wealth and everything she has to go to the Jewish nation and to convert to become a Gagaris? It doesn't make any sense. 
But Rus, the woman has the ability to sense that sixth sense, the subconscious, to be able to say, okay, you're right. And logic and in, in, in the yeses and nos, it makes sense. But in the subconscious, I want to be connected to that. And therefore, when it comes to the, when it comes to the role of chinuch of our children, there's the man's role and there's the woman's role. The man's role is conscious. The man's role is nasa vanishma, making sure that the children are doing that which they need to do, making sure that everything's running smoothly. The children are learning vishnatam levanecha. The role of the father is to teach the child. That's not the role of the mother. The role of the mother is to do something much more subtle than that, but that much more important. The role of the mother is to make sure that the inner core of the house, that what's taking place in a panemius way is really, really connected to Hashem. The man says, okay, make sure all the actions are good. The woman says, we need more than that. We need to make, we need to make sure that our home at its core, at its essence, is also connected to Hashem, beyond the actions that we're doing or not doing, beyond making sure that our child's you know, doing well in school. I wanna make sure that our child has a real connection to Hashem, that our child has real simcha sachayim, that our child's excited about, about, going to, about going to yeshiva, about learning, about davening, about a Shabbos, about a yontif, about shuas. Our child recognizes that the greatest privilege, the greatest thing in the world is to be a yid. The fa- that's not the father's job. The father's job is to learn with the child, to daven with the child, to be involved in the action. The mother is the one that gives over this world of kafalei markegigis, this world of the internal, the internal part of the relationship, the, the deep thing that, that can't be, you can't put a finger on it. It's something beyond just something that you can't put words to it. It's something that's much more subtle and much deeper, that inner part of the relationship with Hashem. Right, back to, the, back to that chuppah that we said. Right, and every chuppah, there's really, you know, that's why I'm talking about that, and every chuppah, there's the chuppah, but what happens by the chuppah is also the, the, wife's wearing a, the wife's wearing a veil by the chuppah, because there's a conscious relationship which takes place between the husband and the wife, and then the wife also covers her face and says, there's also a deeper part of the relationship also, beyond that which you can see externally, beyond that which is just right and wrong, beyond that which is doing actions, beyond nasa v'nishma, that world of kafalim arkegigis, that world in which we can't see it, it's not, it's not even, it's not, you can't put your finger in it. It's subtle, it's deep, it's, it's panemius, it's internal, that that's, that's really the role of a woman. And I think that that's the two, two of the parts uh, that, that, that's important for, you know, for a woman to recognize as she comes close to Ma'an Taira, that that's the role of a woman. The man is Nasa Vanishma, the woman is Kafalei Markegigis. Now of course, each one, has, each one has, needs to do both. The man also needs the internal relationship and the woman needs the external. But the woman needs to recognize that at her core, at her essence, she's already plugged in, she's already connected. You can't get disconnected. No yid could ever get disconnected, but for sure a woman, you can't, you can't get disconnected from Hashem. There's no such thing. It's part of who your core, it's part of your essence, it's part of who you are. Every single yid is connected in such a deep, meaningful way to Hashem. All we need to do is, okay, do actions throughout the day. Figure out in what way can I stop and become cognizant of the fact that I'm already connected to Hashem. Become cognizant of the fact that I'm plugged in already. How do I make sure that I don't forget that throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year? How do I make sure that, I'm, that I realize that that's who I am? But that's a woman's role. And the second thing is when it comes to the chinuch of our children, also to recognize that the man is vishnantel fanecha. Our husbands are gonna be the one, that, you know, the husbands are the one that take the, take the children to, to shul and learning with the child and involved in vishnantel fanecha. The woman does something which is much more subtle and that much more important. She's able to give over something which is deeper than just, okay, the child's doing everything right, the child's following all the rules. She's able to give over the relationship that that child has to have with Yiddishkeit, that child has to have with Hashem, with davening, with learning, with Simcha Sachayim, with, with, his, uh, with his Yiddishkeit, and that's the role of woman. Hashem should help us, we should be Zeicha. All of us, the men and the women, we should all be able to learn from each other, like we said. We both need the conscious and the subconscious that we should all recognize that we're connected at our core. Every yid is automatically connected to Hashem. That's who we are. We can run as far as we want. We can be many, many years out of seminary and out of yeshiva and not learning and down. It doesn't make a difference. At our core, we're connected and we just need to figure out ways to just open that up already, to open that up a little bit, to make our eyes cognizant, to make ourselves cognizant of the fact that that's who we are in our core. Mitzvah Hashem, by doing that, will be zeicha, to real Kabbalah Satara, both aspects, the Nasa and also the part of Kapalim Hakagigas. Okay.